Welcome to the LifeWorks Lives We Love podcast, an inspiring conversation with members of the LifeWorks community. We'll hear from a variety of fearless advocates for youth pursuing lives they love. Now, here's your host, LifeWorks CEO, Susan McDowell. Welcome to Lives We Love, the podcast about the people of LifeWorks. Today, I'm talking to Sarah Kennedy. Sarah, who has been a member of the LifeWorks Board of Governors for the last five years, last year serving as our board chair. Sarah is also, and I, and I, I just told you this, one of our, our go-to leadership guru at LifeWorks, where we believe so strongly in the the power of just good, informed, skilled, and, and humble leadership. And gosh, these last few years, especially with COVID, with all of the changes, we have never had to be more intentional and and smart and compassionate about our leadership culture in the organization. And you have been just a force and a resource in helping shape that. So, so I'm going to just start the podcast by saying thank you for that. Oh, and, pleasure. and thank you for being here. In your non-LifeWorks time, uh, you're a leadership consultant and work with a real broad range of industries and leaders in this very changing time through Sarah Kennedy and Associates. And also your 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 presence and power on LinkedIn. I'm going to plug Sarah Kennedy on LinkedIn because that's where uh, it's where you get a lot of the wisdom, a lot of the instruction and tips too. So thank you for being here. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. So I'm gonna start with a question that we always start with okay. and you know can be related to anything. But what are you doing in your life right now that brings you joy or love? I am trying to incorporate more play in oh. my life. Um, I have been saying that for years. I was going to say, how's that going? Yeah, it's, you know, you would think it would be easy, but it takes intentionality for somebody like me. I'm pretty regimented. I'm used to working. And um, sometimes I even feel guilty about too much play, right? So what's bringing me joy right now is planning an overseas trip with my family. Oh, fine. Yeah. Where are you going? We are going to London and Paris, which, you know, I have literally been out of the country a few times. And one of those was for work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm not one who's had the option to travel overseas. So, you know, I didn't realize that undertaking, right? Yeah. You just go somewhere and you're driving and it's a beach, you lay on the beach. But if you go overseas, you want to take advantage and see everything, which means you got to plan a lot. <laughs> so while you're here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because it's another thing to be over there. Exactly. I can't wing it. There's yeah. too many other people who are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's about, is that the summer? It is the summer. Okay. It is a dual graduation gift for my son and daughter. Beautiful. Yeah. So yes, you have two college age kids. Yes. And they're both home for the summer. They are. So hopefully some play. Yes, exactly. Now, I, I feel you on this. You know, I've got an addition to my son. I've got all these nieces and nephews. And no one ever accuses me of being the fun aunt. I'm <laughs> the like the get it done aunt. Yes. The problem solving aunt. Yes. I'm like, let's, you know, make this happen. Exactly. But rarely the fun aunt. Yeah. So yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be interested to see how, how that goes. How that goes. I'll keep posted. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let me, so you've been on the LifeWorks Board of Governors, five-ish years. Five. Yeah. And I believe your your LifeWorks journey, you were introduced by our our dear mutual friend and friend of LifeWorks, Marcia Silverbrand. Yes. Um, 
over the last five years, has there, tell me about a time when, you know, you were involved in something or you looked around and you said, this is where I need to be. This is, this is it. I'm exactly where I need to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I can boil it down to one time, but I will tell you that any time I have the opportunity to hear directly from one of the clients that has been impacted by LifeWorks, and I would say probably the LifeWorks annual luncheon mm -hmm. is one of those opportunities where I am literally stunned by the difference in that person's trajectory because of the services of LifeWorks. And so each and every time I get that opportunity, it feels right. I know I'm in the right place and I feel honored to be in that place. That's wonderful. Well, this past luncheon, which was just a few weeks ago, we had, uh, I was really moved that we asked two former clients uh, to speak and they're, they're in very different places. One who was a client and then a staff member and now a leader in education. Yep. 20, 28 years ago, she was uh, she was a client, right, speak. And then a, uh, a young woman, Miranda, who was a client, then an impact specialist, which is a program where we hire for a, you know, a period of time a, uh, a former client and now an employee, right? But, you know, earlier in her journey, but you could see with each of them, both kind of the, the trajectory of their life as a result of LifeWorks, but also how they're already engaging and giving back. Yes. Yes. It's the pay it forward thing. And that is just another aspect of the ripple effect, right, of this organization. It's it's amazing. It's not just impacting their lives, but then growing the type of person who wants to give back um, right. because they know what it's like. And then how that, you know, proliferates through parenting, right? Both uh, both women are parents. And, you know, LaShawn Gaines, who was, you know, a quarter century ago client and now educational leader, yeah, she has these amazing kids who are young adults. They're so engaged. They're, they're doing their thing out in the world. And, you know, Miranda has several young children who, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the caliber of her parenting, because we talk about it, is uh, just amazing. And so paying it forward in so many ways, yeah. the engagement with LifeWorks, the intentionality of their of their parenting, it's, uh, you're right, it just kind of sets you on fire to, to watch what they can do and they're doing. Right. And in some cases, breaking the cycle, right? Yeah. It's breaking that cycle of doing things differently than they, they had or knew yeah. growing up. So let's let's talk about leadership, okay? Because you know I'm going to call you the you know again kind of our go-to uh, guru with uh, with leadership. What's tell us what you think good leadership looks like in in any organization, but you know maybe particularly a nonprofit or a nonprofit like LifeWorks. What in this day and age is how would you how would you summarize what does good leadership look like? Um, first and foremost, you know, because we've had these conversations, I think leadership is t such a tall order these days because beyond the basics of having the skills and the competence to manage budgets, to meet deadlines, to achieve goals, to communicate uh, a vision, you know, leaders now are being asked to protect their employees' mental health to communicate in ways that makes em 
an employee really inspired or motivated, which, you know, that's really hard to do because a lot of times we really can't motivate somebody. So what we need to ask leaders to do is to set the stage for people to be more motivated, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, tall order. Um, and we need to help people be more resilient. And we need to respond to their needs and requests. You know, it, it, the list seems endless these days. And I, I want to say that I would... For nonprofits and for LifeWorks in particular, I think the leaders have an even harder job, right? I was thinking about this because, you know, their teams are dealing with clients who have been or still are potentially experiencing abandonment, addiction, um, trauma, trauma. Yeah. You name it. And that takes a serious toll on their teams. And so that as a leader, then they have to be extremely emotionally intelligent, very supportive, like uber supportive and very resilient themselves mm -hmm. in order to be there for their teams. Right. In a way, they're absorbing some of that impact. Right. And they've got to know what to do with that. Um, so I think, again, like you said, it's every leader needs to have these skills and attributes. But I think to some degree for LifeWorks and nonprofits, it's even a harder challenge. So you just yesterday actually published a uh, an article that and I'd, I'd like to talk about a little bit. It's yeah. about this imbalance yeah. between uh, employee satisfaction, employee support which I think most good leaders want to be in that place, sure. but also the demands um, accountability. And, you know, that's going to mean different things in different organizations. You know, for us, it has to do with kind of presence and purpose and impact with, uh, with clients. Certainly performance to, you know, contracts and grants we have where, you know, at least certain activities are, uh, are expected, if not particular, particular outcomes. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the the substance of that that article and what you're what you're seeing these days. Yeah, so you know the engaged workforce, positive culture, a purpose driven culture, all of those have been around for years, right? And companies have been striving for those types of cultures for years. But I think we saw a significant shift after COVID, through COVID, and after COVID, and that shift meant that employees were being more vocal and in some cases more assertive about their needs and their wants, basically. And that's not a bad thing, right. but I will say that that is what's making that balance so difficult for leaders right now because they are still asked to meet objectives. Companies still need to um, protect their financial realities, right? They need to stay competitive. They need to thrive and be viable. And those things don't go away just because we now have new demands, new needs, um, and new wants. It's got to be a balance. If we swing the pendulum too far in either direction, it's not a good thing. Again, 
as I said in the article, you know me, I am all about human-centered leadership. But as a leader, there's also a time where we have to draw the line right in the sand. And we have to say, I hear you. I understand you. That right now is not possible. And here's why. So being transparent, sharing your rationale, and really, I think even up front, sharing with your employees, here's our realities, even if it means giving them some metrics and data that you don't typically give them. Trust that they can understand it and they can consume it, but they'll have a better appreciation for what leaders are trying to manage day in and day out. Some uh, what a piece of transformational advice that you gave our leadership team, and this was a couple of years ago, was around inviting into solution. Yes. So you, know, you experience a reality, a reality of, let's say, having to you know, meet the performance measures of a contract, and you're, you're behind in that. And that's a non-negotiable. Right. You, know, you will lose the contract and not be able to provide the service to the clients if you don't, you know, if you don't meet certain, uh, certain standards. So that's a, that's not something that's negotiable, right? But sharing that with whatever team of staff that, uh, that it's uh, impacting, but then inviting into solution. Here's the reality. We can all agree that the reality is somewhat stressful right now, and it's maybe not what we want to be dealing with right now, but we have to solve for it. So let's solve together and really just in, so it's the transparency, but it's also that invitation to, to own, develop and own the solution. Yeah. And I saw that you guys, you did it at such a high level because you did it where it was needed, but then you also took something like the strategic plan. Right. <laughs> something really big, you know, that's typically reserved for a group of senior leaders and maybe some business uh, representatives from different business units to develop and set the stage and create a roadmap. But but at each of those planning processes, you invited input from anybody at LifeWorks. Including which, the selection of the consultant, because that's exactly. something, you know, that we heard that really mattered yes. to our workforce. Yeah. Who would be who would be guiding us through this process? Yeah. And what, you know, how were they approaching the right. process? Yeah. And even I've learned from that, because there are points along the way that, you know, I'm such a doer, right, <laughs> that I would be like, okay, let's move forward. And it was always, nope, we are going to stop at this phase and get some input before we get too far and then move forward. So yeah, I think you guys have adopted that um, principle and, and then some. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you know, one of the kind of the interesting aspects of that particular process was, you know, we utilized a consultancy that had a, on the team, somebody specifically designated for diversity and inclusion who would be that person to pause the conversation or to uh, to add in at regular, relevant intervals. Okay, here's where we pause and we put it out for very kind of structured, guidance, supported uh, feedback and uh, and reflection from the the larger LifeWorks community. Right, and it was so powerful. And you're right; it takes some extra. Time, it does. Yeah. Right. And then you have this range of feedback, and you have to decide. Uh, what to do with it and what role it plays. But, you know, at the very least, you, you hear it and it influences thought and it influences strategy and, uh, and direction. Yeah. 
And again, that's just, I think, one of the shifts that, you know, was happening pre-COVID, but has escalated in terms of what employees need and want. They want to feel like they're playing a bigger role in the evolution of a company or wherever they're at, right? Yeah. I think I think in general, nonprofit culture historically has been a little more friendly with that. Yes. I remember talking to somebody, this was years ago, who had just made a transition from the private sector, the high-tech sector, into nonprofits. And she was like, boy, Susan, you sure do love your, you know, y'all love your meetings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are so many meetings here. There is so much uh, kind of community and consensus, and let's take a lot of perspectives. So, and, you know, sometimes that can also be very frustrating when you just want to move on something, sure. right? So I think we we entered into it in a maybe uh, more nimble place than a lot of sectors, but but still, you know, I think the difference in nonprofit that we saw is exactly what, you know, you've illuminated. People are being more vocal about what they need to do this work sustainably. And that's not a bad thing, right? It's it's also not an easy thing. No, not at all. Very, very delicate balance and um, can be a challenge. Yeah. So a lot has changed during COVID as a result of, uh, of COVID. And we've talked about some of those things, but... What, you know, these trends are not just trends you're seeing within the nonprofit community. It's uh, it's everywhere. Everywhere. So what what's the top advice you're giving leaders right now? Well, I think that the more, you know, as we already talked about, about the more candid and transparent, the better. And I'm also saying, don't try to take it all on yourself, right? And just as an example, if... If there's somebody or more than one person on the team who feels passionate about something that maybe is a difficult topic to discuss and they don't feel equipped, then there's nothing wrong with saying, look, I want to support you, um, Joe, Luis, whoever, um, in bringing this up. I don't necessarily feel like I'm the person to facilitate this conversation, but if you would like to do it, you know, caveat, it can't be somebody who you know is going to be a loose cannon or use a platform inappropriately. But if you have trust in that employee, um, ask them if they want to lead the conversation. You know, that's that's an example. Um, the other thing I'm telling leaders, and you're going to find there's a thread here, because it's, it's a little less about, it's a little bit of strategy, but it's I consider myself a leadership advocate. Like I want to be the person that says, how can we help the leaders that are struggling today, right? And so one of the things I'm a big proponent of is have a either a peer support group mm-hmm. or a buddy who's a colleague and a leader who's going through some of the very same things you're going through that at the end of the day or midweek, you can pick up the phone and say, hey, anything from... You know, we've got this decision tree, and I'm so turned upside down on this. Can you just help me put structure around my thinking? Can, can I say some things out loud, and can you help me structure it a little bit? Or can you help me role play a difficult conversation I need to have? Right. Right? Or, you know, here's what I'm struggling with. I just had this happen. I'm, I'm you know, coming up against dead end after dead end. What would you recommend? recommend, right? So I am a huge proponent right now of leaders reaching out 
to a trusted advisor, colleague uh, for help. So th this is something that you've helped us with too. One of the results of the strategic planning process that we just talked about was a you know real reinforcement and uh, of our culture. You know, as we moved through COVID, we were offsite a lot. Then we were back together. We were a much larger organization when we came back together with a lot of new a lot of new folks and and a lot of leaders who were who were newer to the uh, to the organization or to their role as uh, as leaders. And so we made a, uh, a few decisions coming out of strategic planning. One of them was we just need to double down on the articulation of our culture, you know, what it is as yes. just kind of uh, in the new iteration of the uh, the organization, how we deliver that message, what my role is in that and how we build a leadership philosophy around to support that. And then what is the kind of the, the, the training and um, proliferation of that look like? And so, you know, you helped us develop and, and secure some just delightful expertise to uh, kind of develop a co cohort model of training. Where we're where we doing that? We're creating just these peer groups of leaders who can travel this journey of leadership and its challenges and its opportunities together. And one of the, uh, again, just delightful features of, uh, of that is we are all doing these, uh, we're calling them DIY 360s, where, you know, we're picking a topic and we got to go pick six people that we normally wouldn't talk to in the organization. They might be part of our leadership cohort or not. And, you know, we're just asking them kind of direct feedback on a few things. So it's... Uh, created a common language, a common sense of really productive vulnerability sure. with, uh, with our with our leadership culture. Yeah. Oh, I like that term, productive vulnerability. Yeah, I think um, so many companies after right through and right after COVID really saw the need to reset um, and you say double down on, mm -hmm. in some cases it's resetting, you know, both. And making it very clear what the roadmap is yeah. and what the objectives are. And in your case, also with strategic planning, I love that you took it one step further and said, okay, here's what our aim is. What are the projects, initiatives that we need to meet this vision and this mission? But you also said, okay, given these projects and these initiatives and these goals, what kind of leadership is it going to take to get there? Yeah. And by that, it's specifically what kind of leadership, not just skills and competencies, but behaviors yes. and guiding principles. Um, and so I think that's where some companies stop short is they have a beautiful strategic plan, mission and vision, um, but they don't have the conversation around what kind of leadership behavior is that going to take to get there? Right. Well, it started with us, again, with a rearticulation of our culture. Yeah. What kind of culture supports this very intense work, to your point right. earlier, this very intense work where you're exposed to a lot of, uh, a lot of trauma, a lot of complexity, a lot of, you know, frustrating public systems that, you know, may or may not work on behalf of the, uh, of the young people that we serve. So... What kind of culture will sustain people in that as, you know, the proverbial marathon and not a sprint? Right. But then what kind of leadership do we need on top of that to make sure that that culture is uh, just kind of implemented, practice, lived uh, consistently across the organization with, uh, with support? And because, you know, we're 
this is another kind of nonprofit thing. We we'd love to provide from within, right? So somebody is a dynamite case manager. You know, we want to provide opportunities for for career growth, for leadership growth, but that needs to be so intentionally supported because you know every time you uh, uh, you get that promotion or you take a step up in your leadership, you know that just needs to be so intentionally supported to be to be successful. Being a fantastic counselor doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a fantastic manager at counselors. There are different skill sets involved and yeah. different different ways of being. So really, uh, for us to be even more aware of what it takes to to make that transition than we we've ever been is uh, has been our our challenge. Yeah, but you know what I like about this idea of a very solid and clear. Um, you know, identifier of this is how we do leadership around here is we're, we're not just doing it to say this is what you need to be as a leader and this is how you have to pursue it. Really, the bigger intent is to say we want to make sure that you have the resources you need, the training you need, the job aids you need, the frameworks, um, the how-tos, so that there's consistency and so that leaders feel supported. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's 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 really that more than just, you know, not just here's what you need to do. Right. Right. It, it's a very conscious, intentional uh, approach. Right. Well, we're on the journey for sure. Yeah. But I feel like we're we're on. I always say, you know, I just want to be on the right journey. Right. And that in itself is the destination, right? Exactly. Just always being on the right journey right. of uh, a lot of humility and a lot of nimbleness. Right. And, and of course, tenacity. I'm naming off a lot of our core values, <laughs> but they do guide us. Right, through. right. That's a, that's a big part of leadership at LifeWorks, too, is really understanding how we live into our mission and our and our core values. And then through our, our training and the development of these cohorts, you know, we can uh, we can really tease out what that looks like on a day to day basis to support, you know, just the amazing work that our that our service and administrative staff do. So let me let me ask you because you're a board member. Yes. Um, and one of the things that I would love to 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 do and engage with in this podcast is, you know, speak to folks who who might be in governance roles with organizations or they're thinking about getting involved in uh, in community organizations. So I want to ask you a, a little bit about the pathway there with leadership. What is the role of a board in a nonprofit to ensure that they have the kind of the, the leadership strength that, that they need for the, uh, for the mission? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think typically you think of a board member as somebody who's very astute with financials because there's oversight. Uh, somebody who keeps up with the industry um, and has some business acumen, and those are all true. But I think that the, a board member has to be really very interested and curious about things like the culture, mm -hmm. about whether or not leaders are, you know, their well-being, whether they're equipped with the right resources, um, you know, talent acquisition. They've got to know what's going on in the marketplace in terms of hiring really the right people for the right role. Um, and so it, it's it's really all of those things. It's not just one. Now, the beauty of being on this board is that you can 
sort of identify where your strengths are mm-hmm. and step up and, and play a bigger role there, which is great. Um, but yeah, you know, today's board member, like everything else that's changed, it's a, it's a new role. It's a much broader role. And just like employees have, I think, more um, voice, mm-hmm. I think board members now are feeling uh, like they're not just either approvers or deniers. Right. They actually are sharing some input. So I th- I like the word you used, curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of the magical word in this. Yes. Board members just need to be curious about things that maybe historically they haven't uh, uh, thought that they should be curious about. Right. Beyond the financials, the fundraising bottom line. Yes. You know, some basic metrics about uh, 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 performance of the organization. Right. Really curiosity about the culture, curiosity about leadership resources, curiosity, trends that we're seeing. Yeah. So what's what makes the Life Parks board strong? I think we've got a lot of space (laughs) and certainly a lot of appetite for curiosity. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I've observed that for the five years I've been here. So um, I feel, and I know others do feel very free to be curious and to ask questions. Well, we we love it. It brings us, speaking from the staff, it brings us a lot of energy and lets us know that uh, that we just have this support. And, you know, support without judgment, too. Right. Because, you know, sometimes we're reporting on things. They're like, hey, this is great. Look what we did. Look at the impact. And other times we're saying, oh, this is a real challenge or this isn't what, you know, we had hoped it would be. And to be able to enter into those conversations and partnership without uh, without embarrassment, just matter-of-factly, is uh, incredibly supportive. Yeah. Which is interesting because that parallel to that is, you know, the trend now is psychological safety, right? Yeah. Creating psychological safety. And that's the very thing that leaders are being called to do, right? Which is to make it okay for their employees mm-hmm. to bring them something that may not have gone well, Right. Um, admit that they make made a mistake without getting furious. Uh, or disagree with the decision. Or disagree um, properly with yes, the decision. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. There, I always have that caveat. Um, yes, absolutely. Very cool. One more question. And okay. again, this is a standard question for everybody. So uh, talking about our mission, our shared work, what, when you think of your time with LifeWorks, what's, what's the legacy that you want to be part of? help it make for the community or the organization? Yeah, I think we mentioned it before. Um, What I would love to leave is a legacy around leadership, right? And again, the idea of this is how LifeWorks does leadership. But what that means is there are resources, there are go-tos, there's peer support, there's people here that know and can share with others how leadership is done around here. Um, And it's not necessarily just left for a leader to figure out, right, or to stumble. And, and, you know, some of that will happen with any new leader, but that the onboarding process of being a leader here, the the maintaining process, the growing process, and the evolution of a leader is a little bit clearer and there's more go-to resources for how to do leadership. Great. Well, thank you. We'll get there. For yes, sure. you absolutely will. Sarah, thank you so much oh. for your leadership, your ongoing support, and, and for being here today and, and sharing with everybody. My pleasure.
Thank you for joining us today. And uh, again, I'm going to I'm going to encourage you on LinkedIn to uh, connect with Sarah Kennedy and uh, just the wealth of wisdom and perspective and ongoing curiosity that you bring to this discussion of uh, leadership. So thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Lives We Love podcast. For more information about LifeWorks and how you can help, please visit lifeworksaustin.org.